Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Second Corinthians chapter number 5. I want to talk to us a little bit here tonight. It might not hold you long, but someone says, whenever he says that, it's always long enough. Second Corinthians 5 and verse number 7. This is a very short verse, very, for some, familiar verse. In reality, it's kind of just as it's posed here in scripture, just a parenthetical phrase right in the middle of something that the apostle Paul is talking about. And this is what it says. For we walk by faith and not, or Dean don't even have an and in there, really does it. We walk by faith, not by sight. Anybody ever heard that, said that? It's great material, isn't it? We walk by faith, not by sight. I want to talk to us just for a little while. Might not be my usual thing, but I want to talk tonight about it matters. It matters. We walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. Would you pray? Help me pray here this evening that God would have his perfect will in this place. Father, I come to you right now. I'm asking, oh, Lord Jesus, for your help, Lord, in this house tonight. I pray, oh, Lord, every individual that is here, God, I don't suspect, God, that there's any accidents, oh, Lord Jesus, here tonight. I pray, oh, God, that your purposes, oh, Lord, are higher than mine and your thoughts are higher than mine. God, I just want to follow the leading, Lord Jesus, of your spirit, the Holy Ghost, here this evening. I pray, oh, God, today that you're able to speak and minister, Lord, to souls, hearts, and lives. God, and Lord, with clarity, speak into our lives. We will not forget to thank you and to praise you. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray, amen and amen. The church say amen. Amen. You may be seated here this evening. The Apostle Paul, just to give you a little bit of a surrounding of where he inserts this phrase that seems to have application, but also he's just given some of his own thoughts in here. If you read 2 Corinthians 5, the Apostle Paul is speaking about how he dwells in an earthly body or this earthly tent. And to be present in this earthly tent is to be absent from the Lord. And he would also then state after that, though, then he would be confidently tell us that then to be absent from this body was to be present with the Lord. But while he was at this particular stage of his life, of course... He was still yet present in this body, or as he calls it, this tent. And so he was absent from the Lord. And so in between these two ideas of being present in the body and then absent with the Lord and then absent in the body but present with the Lord, he puts this phrase, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Because his day of death has not came at this moment that has not yet occurred and so that being the case he is absent as it would be from the Lord 
or in the Lord's presence in the realm of heaven. So he wanted us to know that the walk that he was presently walking was a walk by faith and not by sight. For that matter, each and every one of us has the same testimony that we are walking a walk by faith and not by sight. The Bible says that none has ever seen God. None has never, never has even seen God or looked upon his face. For John 4 tells us that God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. No man has ever seen God at any time. So the walk that we walk today is a walk by faith. Much of our Christian life is a walk by faith. And what that does for us and what we wrestle with in our own lives is this, is because in today's society, in our world, I would say even us, that we like there to be some hard, fast knowns in life. We, we, we like there to be purposes associated with things we do. Uh, we're all about facts. You know, uh, if we want to prove something, we'll Google it. Right? You can't even get a decent argument with your wife nowadays without Google getting involved. You know, you're going to fact check stuff. If, if you can stack up the numbers or if you can stack up the facts enough and, and, and prove it and show it and it's visible right there before your eyes, that's the type of people that we are. We, we believe we live our lives and even what we do, there should have some type of purpose. Life needs purpose. Uh, there's no woman, I think, sitting among us tonight that would purposely go through nine months of pregnancy with everything that you may endure if you didn't think at the end of it you would have a baby. What I'm meaning is this. I'm not talking about uh, the, the things of politics along that line. What I'm coming down to is this. If you didn't think it didn't have some type of purpose, the swelling of the feet and the, the losing of the meals and so on and so forth, there's something about what we do. We want it to have purpose. And so with that being said, you know, we need to even ask ourselves a question tonight. What are you doing here? What, what are you doing here? Why did you show up? Is it simply because it seems to be the right thing to do? Or, and the Bible admonishes us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And all of that is fine and well. But have you ever got to a place that you came and you came and you thought, you know what? What, what does this all really matter anyway? What, what, what good is that? What, what is this really accomplishing? Because how many times have you come and you left and it seems like, you know what? I don't know if that necessarily added or subtracted anything from my life today. We walk walks by faith. We like things to have a purpose. As a matter of fact, I read of one time a person who had a friend. They, they had spent thousands of dollars on a brand new uh, kitchen only for two weeks later for that kitchen to, to, to catch fire and that whole room was destroyed. And so the insurance company came forward and they, they, they reinstalled the identical kitchen. That's what they were going to do. But the friend loved pink so much that the, the color of the renovation that she insisted that the reconstruction just two weeks later that she would have a cream color in her kitchen now instead of pink. And the reason why is because she could not accept that after all the effort they had put in the renovation of that new kitchen and it would burn, that it would burn down without any reason or purpose 
that it would be pointless. So she couldn't just reduplicate the renovation with the original of what she had renovated it with. She had to change the cover color because she needed to give her misfortune some type of purpose. She can't duplicate her effort because she thought it burning down would be for nothing. It's the type of people that we are. I'm going to get a new color out if it burns down, bless God, you know. Say, well, that's not true. Well, it's true for a lot of things. We lose things along in life. People have their cars stolen. They rarely ever buy the exact same car they have whenever it's been stolen. Google it. Hardly rarely ever buy the same car after it's stolen. Why? Because after they've had that loss like that, they want to give the event some meaning. They stole me a car. I'm going to replace it with something better. Come on. Amen. Because we love taking accidents or we love taking something that we cannot necessarily see anything visible or any reason behind it. We got to apply meaning to it because we don't want it to be without purpose. And I find sometimes that that's not only entered in our real secular lives, but it's spilled over into our church lives. That if I don't understand why or how this is taking place or why I'm going through this or what this is is happening, then I'm going to have to find some reason because, oh, I now have to live this walking by faith thing. Someone say amen. I'm going to have to accomplish this walking by faith thing. The Bible states this, if you'll turn to Ecclesiastes chapter number 11 and verse number 4. Ecclesiastes 11 and verse number 4. The Bible says that he that observeth the wind shall not sow. And he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. As thou knowest not what is the way of the spirit nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child. Even so, thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. It says, in the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand. For thou knowest not whether shall prosper, whether shall prosper either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. He says, you observe the wind, you're not going to sow because of the wind. You regard the clouds, you're not, you're, not going to, you're not going to do anything because of the clouds. And so you live your life in that moment of, well, what if? I don't know if possibly something might take place that's just out there in front of me in the future. And so uh, the, the clouds look a little looming today, so I'm not going to reap, but the wind is blowing and I'm not going to sow. But the Bible tells us we don't even know the forming of a child in a womb and the bones. There's, there's a lot of things that we don't know. There's a lot of things that we don't have knowledge about or know the inner workings of. He says, even so, thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. So just as there's some things you don't know, there's a lot of things about God that you don't know either. But that doesn't keep you from walking the walk that you should and ought to walk. Just because there's something you don't understand about God or there's something that you can't put God down on paper. Amen. Or have all the explanations about God. That doesn't mean for you just to sit back and wait because you're waiting for all the what ifs and what could be's to take place and happen in your life. He admonishes thus. Then he says, so then in the morning, he says, so 
And in the evening, he says, do the same. He says, because you know what you don't know? You don't know if both the morning sowing and the evening sowing will fail. But you also don't know if perhaps that both the morning and the evening will succeed as well. It's just called a walk by faith. Can someone say amen? Don't know whether they're prosper. Don't know whether they're not. And so we question things in our life. You ever thought something that you've done concerning the house of God? Again, showing up or whatever. What, what does this really matter? What does it matter in the grand scheme of things? I can testify to you and myself. I've used this analogy a lot concerning my own life. And that is, as a pastor, there are days that at the end of the day, I cannot look over my shoulder and say, yep, that's what was accomplished today. Brother Fred, you might have, and maybe you don't, you might have a, a straightened out fender or maybe a painted car said, that's what I did today, although you probably wish you got more done. But some of you, there's certain things that you do in your jobs. Brother McBroom, you can say how many cars that went past you that day that you had your hands on, all that. But at the end of the day, sometimes I look over my shoulder and it's like, what did today matter? You know, a carpenter, he has, he has something that he constructed at the end of the day and said, there it is. I just kind of point over this way and it's like. And so whenever you don't see anything, you begin to ask yourself, what does this really matter? What, what, am, what, am, I really, what am I really invested in? Is, is there anything that really matters right here? Because we like life with purpose. We like life with purpose and we want something to matter. But I, I believe today that we do what we do sometimes and we don't really realize what we are doing matters because it's become our norm. In order to understand that it does matter, we got to see what life would be like without it. got to look at what life would be like without it. I remember as a kid, you know, as kids, we used to do this. They probably don't do it anymore because they're looking at video games. But whenever we were kids, you know, we would tell the other one to close your eyes and take them by the hand and guide them through a room. And we'd put obstacles in the way, you know, make it unfamiliar and guide them through the room. I remember Aiden being petrified by that, having my eyes closed, just trusting. Amen. It was a walk by faith. You know, I just had to have faith that they were going to guide me and, and, you know, just walking through. And sometimes we're in that type of stage and mode of life that we're walking through. And it seems like it is exactly a walk by faith. We don't know where we're going. We don't know if what we're doing is having any impact. We don't know if our hands raised is really doing anything but we're just doing it because it's what you do and going to church and showing up and paying tithes and just doing what you're doing. It's just a walk of faith because there's, there's nothing that, that shows us anything that there's the impact. There's the impact right there. That's what that did or that's what that's done or that's how your life influenced this. And so we just walk, Brother Terry, by faith. You go through things like you all been through and it's just a walk of faith. Seems like everything's going downhill rather than uphill. It's, and we're thinking, does anything matter? Is there any purpose? Is there any is there any meaning in all of this but the reason why you think that is that's been your life that's been your norm and the only way you'll really see that something impacted it is if it stopped but I implore thee don't stop there was the story it was a story it was called the story of the, the keeper of the spring you may have heard of it before but there was a village that had a beautiful flow of water that was running and passing through the town. The, 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 the water was clean. The water was pure. It provided water for the families and the farmers. And, and it came from downstream. And it just blessed everybody to touch. And one day the government got together and they needed, they needed to streamline their expenses. And on the books they found a certain amount of money that was being paid to someone called 
the keeper of the spring. Now, this person was up in the mountain somewhere, a forest dweller, lived there the good portion of his life. He's been on the payroll for years upon years. He supposedly, according to their estimation, kept the spring healthy and flowing. But because there were some people that thought it was a waste of money to be given to someone they never saw, never had any interaction with, they said, we're going to cut the money, cut the job, because what's its purpose anyway? What does it really matter for us to have a keeper of the spring? First few days go by and there was no apparent change. The water was still clear. It was still beautiful. There was still a nice stream for everybody to take in. And here they were able to do away with an unnecessary expense. All of those that were in favor of that thought, looky there. See, it really doesn't matter if we have them or not. But as time would go on a little further, it seemed like the people that did not miss him would begin to miss him. They found out later that the, the streams in their town began to change color a little bit. Came a little tinge with the red leaves and the yellow leaves and and it became dirty and the stream that they once enjoyed now it was just totally totally just just dirty and grimy and eventually it totally dried up completely and and the farmlands turned to dust because they didn't have water now among there and people were getting sick from the water because it was stagnant and it was polluted and and the towns even down from that village were being impacted and affected by it so much so that finally they thought we're going to go up to the mountain and look at the source of the spring and they went up there and it was corrupted by debris and it was corrupted by trash because the keeper of the spring had not been doing his job amen because they had cut his pay and took him off the payroll and yet whenever they finally noticed the impact that he had by him not being there they said we're going to reinstate you we're going to give you your job you're going to do the work you're going to be able to repair the damage and not long after him clearing the debris and taking this away and that way once again they had their pristine river and their stream all back again in their town but while they were in life at that moment they thought what's the use what's the purpose because we're just believing somebody's up there really doing what he should be doing and we're reaping the benefits of it down here but whenever he stopped doing what he was doing the reality of that was known in their own lives what we walk tonight is a walk by faith you may think God's not doing anything you may think your contribution isn't doing anything but I guarantee you the moment that it stops you would realize the impact that it would have upon your life and the lives of others and families and friends that are around you. Why? Because your contribution, whatever it may be, and I'm not talking about money, it matters. Someone say amen. It matters. The Bible says in John chapter number 5, not John, Luke rather, chapter number 5, in verse number 4, states these words. Luke 5 and verse number 4. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, you know, you know what Simon's saying? We've done this all night. Why is it going to matter now? We've done this multiple times through the evening. We've come up, according to our estimation, totally fruitless. 
Why do it now? And yet, nevertheless, at his word, he let down the net, the same net he had let down multiple times before. And when they had done this, the Bible says, they closed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. What they had been repeating and doing and been consistent at all night that seemed like didn't matter. Just the one extra time that they did it. Just the one extra time that they did it mattered. So I'm telling someone here this evening that's doing whatever it is that you do concerning church life and in the church. When it seems like it doesn't matter and you're walking that walk by faith and there doesn't seem no purpose or payoff. Just cast the net one more time. Just walk by faith one more mile. Take just one more step because it could be everything that you thought was without purpose is going to come to full fruition and meaning in the moment if you just do it one more time. Listen though, the miracle is not just in the fact it happened that time. The miracle is in the fact that they knew how to cast it whenever nothing came up. Uh-huh. The Bible speaks of a man in John chapter number 8. He's blind from his birth, the Bible says. He's blind from his birth and he receives a healing from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord speaks into this man unlike he had done other men. He didn't lay his hands on him. He did make clay and, and, and from, from the, the earth and put it on his eye sockets. But the Bible, he did do that. But the Bible says he didn't just lay his hand on him and speak a word over him. The Bible says he told him, he said, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And so this man, he goes, he walks. It's a several mile trip from where he is to the pool of Siloam. He goes to wash in the pool of Siloam. And when he does, he received his sight now whenever the blind man was asked about what the Lord had told him to do he said the Lord told me to go to the pool of Siloam and wash what Jesus actually said was go wash in the pool of Siloam see the blind man put the emphasis on the journey to the pool while Jesus said wash at the pool the reason why the blind man knew that his journey was a walk by faith he made a several mile journey to a pool. He was not healed from the moment he met Jesus. He was healed once he got to the pool. But it took a journey and a walk to get from where he was to the pool. He understood there was just as much of a miracle in the journey as it was being at the pool. And so your walking by faith is just as miraculous as the purpose and the intention and the fruition and what's birthed from the journey. He said, you go wash in the pool. He says, I made a trip first and then I got my healing. But my, my trip, I was blind. I couldn't see where I was going. It was a walk by faith. And so I received two miracles that day. One miracle in my journey and one miracle in my destination. But you'll never reach your destination without the journey. And that's a walk of faith. And there's purpose. Every other individual that's speaking into the blind man's life, here he is. I don't know what his name was. He's the blind man. Let's call him Ojo. There's Ojo. He's stumbling around. Where are you headed, Joe? Going to the pool salon. What fur? What fur, Joe? I'm going to get a miracle. I'm going to get healed there. A few miles later, Joe, you got your eyesight back yet? Nope. 
But I'm headed to the pool. And they're probably thinking, what the deal is this purpose of these miles? That Jonah, who knows how many miles he had to walk. You know, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. I don't know about this guy. Kind of where it might have been a whole lot longer than what it just says in history from there to there with a blind man doing it because he's doing a walk by faith and not by sight. But there's something that wells up in him. He, he doesn't maybe understand it all at that moment. He just knows what's out there in the distance. But he knows that it's going to take the walk. It's going to take the journey when he can't see. The journey maybe he don't even understand. Amen. In order to get to the place where his eyes are going to be open. I'm telling you tonight, there is purpose purpose in your pain there's purpose in your worship there's purpose in your praise there's purpose in your attendance there's purpose loving God there's purpose showing up you might not understand it right now it may not be perceived right now but if you'll continue in the journey God will give you the miracle of the purpose and the journey hallelujah just listen the walk by faith positioned him at the pool of Siloam for his miracle. The journey positioned him, might I say, for his second miracle. Yes. We're just trudging down here below. Does this really matter, God? I mean, if I, if I subtracted my life from the church or subtracted what I do, you know, from this thing called religion, would it even really matter? What good is it anyway? Huh? What good is it anyway? Folks, don't stop the walk of faith. Don't stop the walk of faith because it's taking you to a pool of Siloam. Don't. Someone say Amen. It does matter. It does matter. Here's the thing, and, and this verse has been going over and over in my mind here of late. It's stated different ways in the Bible. But it's in John 13, whenever, whenever Jesus has his disciples they're sharing that meal with him, and he dis, disrobes his, his outer coat, and he, he puts that towel girt around his waist, and he goes to each of them, and he's washing feet. And he, he says some words, and it's stated very, very different ways through different translations of the Bible. I'll just use the King James, but it's kind, kind of neat how it comes about through different translations of the Bible. He's sitting there right before he goes over to Peter, being next in line, if you will, for, for the washing of the feet. And Peter's going to deny, you know, don't do it. I don't need it. Don't worry about it. But before he does that, he says, listen here. This is basically what he, this is. This is Paul McGee, you know, talk here. He says, listen here. He said, what I do now. Thou knowest not. He said, but thou shalt know. Hereafter. I find that we find ourselves at that juncture in the road more times than we can count. What I do right now, or what it seems like I'm not doing right now, you all don't have the slightest idea. But henceforth, after this is all said and done, You'll know. Huh? What you go through right now, what is that? What is that? You don't know. What is that? Walk by 
I don't know what the purpose is. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if this has any meaning. I don't know if I'm making any contribution or footprint in the society of the church. I don't know what's going on. You don't know right now. See, just, just sometimes you're going to meet junctures in the road. You're not going to know why you are where you are experiencing what you're experiencing. He said, but rest assured there'll come a day that there'll come clarity just like it did for that blind man. I don't know, perhaps. He knew he was on the journey, but he might have been doubtful if he'd ever make it there. How could he make it there without any help? How could he make it there alone? But there would come a day when his eyes would come open and say, hey, I understand what this was all about. I didn't back so many miles ago but I do now what are you saying tonight brother McGee I'm telling somebody it matters and you got to keep on walking it matters it might not be visible it might not be explainable but it matters and so we do what we do because it does matter we do what we do because we don't know if, if it's going to fail or succeed. We, I do what I do. I, I'm telling you, I do what I do because I don't know if maybe today it will succeed or maybe 50 days before it's failed. But I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because this is a walk by faith. I can't see it. I can't trace it with my finger. I can't comprehend it with my mind. But I know I'm just going to sow in the morning and I'm going to sow in the evening. And I'm not going to play the what if game. Well, what if it rains? What if the clouds come in? What if there's a hailstorm? What if it destroys everything? Well, what if it does? get up the next day and sow again and in the evening sow again who knows what God will do yes <laughs> this is history this is history but years years ago when the California gold rush burst out there's a man that got into a real major vein that started the California gold rush in the 1800s. And whatever he did, son, he got machinery to come in. He went back over to the eastern states, had some buddies and stuff. They kind of helped finance some of this machinery, and they came over, and they, they, started, they started working on the land, and they, they were reaping, folks. They were reaping some munah as a result of this. And so they would dig and had the machinery going and it was going well for them. They were making bank, so to speak. And it finally got to a place, Brother Alex, that it seemed to just, in terminology, it went dry. They're just The vein was lost. It was not there. Feeling like he'd done everything he could do. It started with this guy. I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head. Feel like he'd done all he could do. Cashed in what he had. Sold the land to some other people for, you know, a decent price. It's really not worth anything else, you know, because I've already dug all the goat out of it. So he even left, even left the secondary machinery that he had in there. This guy got that for a real good price, and he went into this land, thought, well, this guy's already done it all. But he had a friend that had some knowledge of geography, and the geophysics, if you will, of the land lay, and knew that years ago that there was a kind of, a tectonic plate shift in that area. Meaning that when that gold was forming and there was that tectonic plate shift of two coming together, like when you get an earthquake, that it caused one 
to shift up and the other to shift down. That's how the earthquake happens. You know, they hit edges and they go like that. And as a result, he began to dig in the exact same spot that that guy was and went three feet before he hit a greater vein of gold than what had been before because he was just willing to stay with it three more feet. I ask myself the question, I wonder what the first guy is doing after he receives news. I don't know if he committed suicide or not. But after he received news concerning this, why? Because to go three more feet, and he had machinery. To go three more feet would have been a walk by faith. Or even if it was a shovel. I don't see anything going on. There's nothing taking place. This thing's dried up. Let's go. Hmm? There's no purpose in this. We got all we're going to get out of this. Nothing else is ever going to happen. Let's go. But if they would have sustained it for three more feet, three feet, get you a yardstick and put it on your dresser at the house the next time you feel like throwing in the towel because you're not seeing anything happening. Because who knows if you might just be three feet from your breakthrough or three feet from your pool of Siloam. I don't know any of us here tonight that would pack up our bags and go home if we knew three feet deeper there it was. Or just one more day it was going to turn around. Or just one more moment we were going to see, if you will, everything tumble down for the prayers that we've been praying for years. Anybody hearing this, Pastor, tonight? Oh, I've been praying for years, Pastor McGee, and I just don't see anything coming from it. There's nothing really going on, so on and so forth. Honey, if you knew just a couple more days of prayer, some of those things that you've laid up for 15 years, God was going to look at your memorial that you've made in heaven by your vows and by your prayers, and he was going to open up the windows of heaven and just pour out exactly what you want. You'd say, I'd walk one more day by faith, amen, so I could see what God had in store for it matters. Someone say it matters. Stand with me. I'll hasten to a close. Didn't I see? I can't I promise. The fact of the matter is this. The fact of the matter and yet the sad reality of the matter is this rather. Too many people are caught by the deception what they're doing, what they're involved with, the church, so on and so forth, none of it matters. There is no payout. There's nothing going on with it, okay? And then, Brother Zach McGee, they stop walking by faith. And it's only then that the water begins to dry up, so to speak. And stagnation takes over, and they realize this did have something to it. This did make a difference this did have some type of impact. We don't see it whenever it just becomes the norm of what we do day in and day out. We sow in the morning and sow in the evening. We just go on about our way. It's just, it just becomes a way of life. But if you subtract it from life, it's then sometimes that you see, you know what? It really did. It really did matter. I got too many people I'm connected with, both family and otherwise, that have walked the path thinking it just didn't matter. You know what their story is to me today? You know what, there really was something to that. 
there, 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 there really was a meaning to that. That really did have an impact for my life and the life of my kids and the life of my family. And you know where they are today? They're in a place wondering, how can we get the keeper of the spring back on the mountain? How can we get the keeper of the spring back on the mountain? If we bow our heads in this place tonight, it's a walk by faith. If you're going to be discouraged from sowing or reaping because of all the what ifs, you can play that game to where you'll paralyze yourself in a place of procrastination and never go forward because of the what ifs. People's done it in services before. You know, if I go up to the altar, what if? If I take a walk around the church, what if? If I, if I, let's go this route. If I, if I, if I give offerings to the church, what if the refrigerator breaks down tomorrow? What if, what if? And so it stymied people's walk by faith because they are paralyzed by the unknown. But see, what none of us know we just considering that it's going to be something negative and disastrous. But what none of us know is that it could also be very successful. It could, it could, it could be exactly what we have need of. But we'll be in that, that, that balance of never knowing if we don't take the walk by faith. So the Apostle Paul says, I'm bound to this body. This is the life that I know. I'm bound to this body, and yet I've given my life to the unseen. I felt him because I've experienced him. I've received the gift of the Holy Ghost, and I'm aware of that. Uh, his spirit has come like, like Jesus speaking to Nicodemus. It's just like the wind. The wind blow it where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. But thou knowest not where it comes or where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. And he says, so I felt him and I've experienced him, but, but I can't see him with my eye. He's not tangible for me to necessarily touch, but I'm walking today. And I'm going to serve him today like I did yesterday, even though it seems like this really don't matter. This really is having no impact. But cast the net one more time, sir or ma'am. Walk one more step because you might just find your right foot landing in the pool of Siloam. Just go on and sow that seed because today, perhaps different from yesterday, rather than spelling disaster, it might, sell, it might, it might spell success. But you'll never know unless you keep walking that walk by faith. That's a wonderful tagline. We walk by faith, not by sight. Churches, man, people, I've heard people preach it. They rally around and people are like, yeah! That's right. We walk by faith, not by sight. Glory, amen, hallelujah. We're apostolics. But folks, whenever it comes down to it, it's probably the scariest thing that we do in this life. Oh, we'll rally about around it and say amen, glory, hallelujah. But it's the scariest thing unless we can figure out to attach some purpose to it in the moment. Some reason in the moment. Please do not be discouraged by the unknown. Please do not be discouraged by not being able to somehow uh, assimilate some type of purpose to where you are, what you're going through, and what you're doing. Because your journey is just as much a part of the miracle as your destiny. It matters. You matter. Your life matters. What you do 
matters. Hallelujah. This altar is open tonight for anybody that may be sitting in the sound of my voice. They're saying, Pastor, I've been questioning whether or not it matters. I've been questioning whether or not this church thing and this worship thing and a lot of other things have somehow entered my mind wondering if it really matters because, it, it, you know, I do it and I go through, seems like sometimes the motions of it, but I just, I just no impact, no, no effect, nothing, 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 nothing. Please, please, please. Some of these things you only know whenever they're quit, but don't quit. You got to walk this thing by faith got to walk this thing by faith sir ma'am if you're in that place of having doubts in your mind i'm calling you to a walk of faith tonight calling you to a walk of faith i'm calling you to a journey i'm calling you on a journey hallelujah will anybody take the journey with me here this evening will anybody just cast the net one more time will anybody just put one foot in front of the other for one more mile Will somebody say, you know what, it seems like there's a lot of headache and heartache, but will you just go one more, will you pray that prayer one more time? Will you raise your voice just one more time? Why? Because it matters. It matters, friend, in the grand scheme of things. It matters perhaps for you and, and, and your marriage. It may be mattering for your children. It could matter for generations that are to follow you. You don't see that from the vantage point of right now, but it matters. Yes. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's call upon the Lord here this evening. Hallelujah, God. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.